Are you excited to be in the house this weekend? Man, I am pumped to be here. And no, I am not Pastor Troy, but I am the next best thing. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, maybe this is your first time here at Potential Church. And welcome, by the way. We are so excited that you've joined us this weekend. My name is Tyler Grambling. I'm one of the pastors here at Potential Church. And uh, my parents are the lead pastors, Pastor Troy and Pastor Steph. And uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to share with you today. We've been in this series for the past few weeks, Known, and uh, we're coming up to a close on this series. We've got a couple more weeks left, and uh, man, it has been a phenomenal series. Would you agree? I mean, Pastor Troy has been crushing it every single weekend, talking about living life on purpose, living life intentionally, not just going through the motions, not just getting through your daily routine, but living life on purpose. And it has been such an incredible series. I know so many lives have been changed because of it. And we're kicking off a relationship series here in just a couple weeks, February 13th and 14th. And uh, whether you're single, you're dating, you're married, I love relationship series because they can speak to anyone. And so we're kicking that off. It is relationship. Do we have the graphic? Can we put the graphic up there? It'll help them know what I'm talking about. If not, I just kind of sound like an idiot. But we'll <laughs> the series is called Relationship Uncensored. All right, so it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be an edgy series. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. So you're going to want to make sure you're here February 13th and 14th. And you're going to want to bring a friend. It's going to be awesome. We're going to jump right into the word today. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm chapter 56. Psalms 56. And I'm going to read out of the New Living Bible translation. It says this. You have seen me tossing and turning through the night. You have collected all my tears and preserved them in your bottle. You have recorded every one in your book. Verse 9. The very day I call for help... The tide of battle turns. Will you just underline that phrase right there? The tide of battle turns. My enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is for me. I am trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. I am not afraid of anything mere man can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. Verse 12, I will surely do what I have promised, Lord, and thank you for your help. For you have saved me from death and my feet from slipping, so that I can walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You know, it was back three or four months ago that I read this passage of Scripture in my quiet time, and God just dropped a word in my heart, and I immediately wanted to share it. But then God reminded me that he doesn't give us a word so that we can preach it. He gives us a word so that we can live it, so that we can walk it out. And this message that I'm going to share with you today is something that I've wrestled with, something that I've been intentional about in my walk with God. And I know you're going to be encouraged today. I don't know how it is you got here. I don't know what your situation looks like. I don't know what your struggle looks like. But I know you're not here by accident. You're here because God chose you to be here, and this word is for you, and I know you're going to be blessed. For the next few moments, I want to preach to you from this thought. There's a tide turning. There's a tide turning. Will you bow your heads with me? 
Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather today. And God, I pray over these next few moments, may it not be my words, but God, may your words be heard. May it be your words that are felt today. God, I pray that those who walked in here today hurting and discouraged and ready to call it quits and give up, God, I pray that today you would give them new strength to rise up and to be who you have called them to be. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We give him a shout of praise. Amen. Listen, how many of you today, you believe that prayer is powerful? You would say prayer is powerful. Listen, I know that prayer is powerful. I have seen God do some incredible things through prayer. You know, it was back a couple years ago, my family uh, took a trip up to Orlando. Uh, we were hanging out at Universal Studios, and it was me and my family, and, and my, my Amber, she was my girlfriend at the time, I think, um, and my best friend Cody, I think. Uh, you know, it was maybe that in-between stage, I don't know. But we were up in Orlando, it was on our way back, and uh, me and Amber, my best friend Cody, and uh, a couple other friends were, were driving um, back. My parents were in a different car. They had headed back uh, before us. We were on our way back, and, and we were on the turnpike heading home, and, and we had had an exhausting trip. I mean, it was go, go, go. We were tired. Wasn't a lot of talking going on in the car at, at this time. And see, it had been raining just a few hours ago, so the road was really slick, really wet. And all of a sudden, we uh, were, were kind of on the overpass and we hit a puddle of water and started to hydroplane for a split second. Now, if you've ever been in that situation, that is a scary moment. There's nothing funny about it. And I remember losing control of the wheel, and it almost felt like the wheel was, had a mind of its own. And all of a sudden, my, my friend in the back, he started going, Tyler, 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 what's going on? I'm like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. And I'm, my wife, she says that I kind of just let go of the wheel and panicked. Um, I didn't. I kept my cool. I kept it together. She actually reached over me to grab the wheel. And so together we were kind of like trying to get it steady. And all, all I remember is saying the words, Jesus, please. And listen, at that moment, the car regained control. We got past it and, and we continued on our way. Listen, man, I'm so happy that God answers prayers, and that there are some prayers that God answers immediately. But you know, I also know that you got to be careful what it is you pray for, because God's always listening, even when you're sarcastic, <laughs> even when you don't mean it. God is always listening. And uh, you know, when I was younger, I was the tallest kid in my class until a certain point, about from, you know, seriously, from like kindergarten to about like eighth grade, I was like the jolly green giant, okay? I'm talking about like during the class pictures, I was in the back center because I was always the tallest kid in my class. And I remember I hated it at the time because I was like, man, like I just, I just want to fit in. I want to be average size, normal size. So I would pray, God, make me shorter. I would say, God, I, I don't want to get any taller. Like I just want to... I just want to be short, just want to blend in, and then high school hit. And, and you know, all, it was crazy because all the other boys in the class are praying to be like six feet tall, six five, seven foot NBA players. But no, I was praying, God, make me shrink. And then ninth grade hit, and uh, all my friends kind of started to go up like this, and I have been this height since eighth grade. 
And then God gave me a six-foot-tall wife, six-one with boots. So God has a sense of humor. Listen, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And today I want to talk to you about uncovering the keys to unlocking the power of prayer. And, and, and I'm not going to get weird about it, but I do believe that when we're committed to a prayer-filled life, God can do the impossible things. I believe he can unlock doors that only he can open and that no man can close. And so I want to share a few thoughts with you today about uncovering the keys to uh, the power of prayer. Okay, so if you're taking notes, first thing is this. Prayer is not our last resort. It's our first defense. It's not our last resort, but it's our first defense. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a freeing thought for me. Prayer is not our last resort. That would make it an option. That would mean that once everything else fails, once I try and figure it out on my own, once I get everybody else's opinion, once those things don't work, then I will turn to God in prayer. But prayer is not our last resort. It is our first defense. It's the first thing that we should go to. God is the first person that we should go to. But I think a lot of times we can treat prayer as an afterthought. And you don't have to answer it out loud, but, but answer this question to yourself. When a challenge arises in your life, when those moments of stress come, where does your mind go to? You know, for me, I, I got to be honest, when, when I face a challenge, the first thought I have is what am I going to do, right? I make it about myself. What, what, what am I going to do? I, I don't know if I can handle this. I, I don't know if I'm the right person for this. I don't understand why this is happening. I, I, I have a tendency to make it all about myself. You see, I, I'm one of those people, and, and if you're like me, I have a tendency to worry, all right? I, stress is like my default mode. <laughs> it's, it's, see, and it's, it's funny because my brother Carson is the complete opposite. We always joke in the family that he will outlive all of us because he never stresses about anything. I am the complete opposite. Like, like I'm saying, I'm the kind of person that if there's not a situation to stress about, and I can't find anything to stress about. You know how sometimes you actually look for things to stress about? I, I start to get worried if there's nothing to worry about. Like, no, there, I, I need to worry about something. Something's not happening. Something's not getting done. Like, I, I, stress is my default mode. I have a natural tendency to worry about things, to become stressed very easily. And, you know, I have to, I have to be really intentional about when challenges arise in my life that I'm not going to look to myself, that I'm not going to look to my own strength, that I'm not going to look to my own wisdom or my own power, but that I'm going to look to God's strength, to his power, to his authority, to his wisdom. I have to challenge myself. I have to be intentional about not letting my mind go there, but to, to trusting in God, to relying on what he says. Listen, I don't know what, what circumstance or situation you're in right now, but I'm here to tell you, you're right, you can't do it on your own. This is not about you trying to do more. This is not about you trying to beg more. This is not about you trying to do it in your own strength or with your own knowledge or your own wisdom. It's about you surrendering your strength for God's strength, for his wisdom, for his sovereignty, for his faithfulness. So that you don't have to go through those moments by yourself. Prayer is not a last resort. It is our first defense. 
When all hell breaks loose in our life, we don't go to other people and ask them, oh, what should I do about it? We don't try and ask ourselves, what can I do in my own strength? No, we go to God. And we trust that, you know what, even though I may be underqualified, God, you're overqualified. Even though I may not have all the answers, I know that you hold my destiny in your hands, nobody else. Even though I don't feel good enough, God, I know you made me as a masterpiece. I know that I am good enough, and I know that you've got this. Prayer is not a last resort. It is not something we do when there's nothing else to do. It's a first defense. It's the first thing that we go to. Second thing is this. Prayer is not a bargaining. Prayer is not about bargaining. It's about surrendering. 1 John 5:14, the message version puts it like this. And how bold and free we then become in his presence. I love that. That in God's presence, when we step into his presence, when we get alone with God, when we, when we pray to God, when we're in his house, we become bold, we become free. And then it says this, freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. Now see, I don't know about you, but when I read this passage of scripture, the words bold, free, freely asking and sure he is listening really jump out to me. I mean, how amazing is that? That I can come before God and I can be bold, I can be free, I can freely ask of anything, sure that he is listening. But then there's one little phrase that's right there in the middle of that that says, according to his will. See, those words don't jump out to me the same way. I kind of like my version better. According to his will. That is, that's a very important part of that passage. You know, sometimes I think we can use prayer as a bargaining chip. Oh, and don't act like you've never done it. This is church, don't lie. God, I promise, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, I promise, God, that if you just do this for me, oh, God, I will go to church. If, I'll go Saturday and Sunday. I will be at all four services. I will pray about giving even. I mean, I'm telling you, God, if you, if you just pull through for me on this. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Oh, you know, when you have a test coming up and you're like, oh, God, just let the, answer, the questions I know be on the test, all right? I didn't study, but Jesus, if you just let me pass this test, I promise I will study for all the rest of them. Say, oh, God, if you will just bring that man. I've been waiting a long time, Jesus. If you just bring me that man, oh, I will be so happy. I will be the best wife in the world. I will never ask you for anything ever again. Jesus, just bring me that man. We can use prayer as a bargaining chip. And we can get caught up in this idea that God cuts deals. But you know, the truth about prayer... Prayer is less about what you're willing to do and more about what you're willing to sacrifice and surrender. Listen, God is not looking at what you can offer to him. God's not looking to cut a deal with you. God wants your heart. That's all God asks of us. He doesn't ask us to figure it out all on our own or in our own strength. He doesn't ask us to do the impossible. He simply asks us to be surrendered and to trust him. But listen, sometimes our heads, they can get in the way of that. 
our heads can get in the way of that. Listen, prayer, it's not about bargaining. It is about surrendering. But you know, that's a hard thing to do. To say, not my will, but God, your will be done. I know it's hard for me. Because, see, a lot of the times I think that I know what's best for me. Right? I mean, I am me, so it would only make sense that I know what's best for me. I know what my dreams are. I know what my passions are. I know what my personality is. I know what my gifts and my skill sets are. I know what I enjoy. So it would only make sense that I I would know what's best for me, right? I mean, I, I, I can do that sometimes. And then I start to pray these prayers based off of what I want. And then I get angry when God doesn't answer them. But you know what? As, as I've been thinking this week and, and, and looking back on my life, you know what? I thank God that there are some prayers he just didn't answer. <laughs> I mean, I have prayed some stupid prayers in my life, things that I thought I wanted, things that I thought benefited, fit, benefited me, things that I thought meant the world. But I thank God that there are some prayers God just chose not to answer. And I do know this. I know that, that God responds to our prayers in three different ways. He either says, yes, not at this time, or I've got something even better in store for you. It's never a no with God. See, sometimes we take God's no, and we think he doesn't want good things for us. He doesn't want us to be blessed. He wants to punish us because we've done something terrible. But the truth is, is God wants the best for each one of us. So he's either going to say, yes, I'm giving it to you, not right now because I need to prepare you for what I'm going to give to you, or I've got something even better in store for you. You're asking for the Honda Civic, but I want to give you the Ferrari. And listen, when we make our prayers more about what we can do for God and less about what he can do for us, listen, I'm telling you, you will see things start to change in your life. You will see the tide of battle start to turn. Prayer is not about bargaining. It's about surrendering. Last point is this. We don't pray for victory. We pray from victory. I love that. And you know what? I hope if nothing else, I hope that brings peace to your heart today. We don't pray for the victory. We pray from the stance of victory. We pray having already received the victory. Because see, there's a man named Jesus Christ who came to earth about 2,000 years ago. He was a blameless man. He was perfect. I mean, I I can't stand on this stage and say, I am perfect. (laughs) I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty awesome. But I'm not perfect. Just like none of us here today at any of our campuses are perfect. But Jesus, this man was perfect. Never sinned, not even once. And what was crazy about this guy Jesus is that He was really different from the other religious leaders at the time. See, Jesus, he actually wanted to go to those who the religious leaders considered untouchable. He wanted to spend time with the prostitutes, with the tax collectors, with the thieves, with the liars, with those who were sick and had diseases. He was actually attracted to them. See, he wasn't concerned about about what everybody else was saying. He knew his purpose. He knew his calling was to love on those 
who were considered unloved. And when this guy Jesus went to the cross, he paid for our victory. You see, his death was hell's defeat. The cross that was meant to kill him paid for our victory. See, we don't pray for the victory. We pray from victory. We pray with the spirit of humility, of thankfulness, and gratitude that we've already won the victory. Listen, we don't pray because God needs to know what we're going through. God knows what you're going through today. Listen, I don't care if you've been a Christian for 75 years or if you just walked in here and you've never prayed a day in your life, God sees you. He sees you, my friend. He sees you, my friend. He sees you in the back, my friend. God sees you. He knows your struggle. He knows your pain. He knows what storm you're going through. He sees you. And he paid for your victory. So you can confidently, confidently cry out to him, just like David said. David said that, God, when I cry out to you and when I call out your name, that name that is unlike any other name, that name that brings dead things back to life, that name that can change every circumstance, every situation, every battle that you're facing, when we call to that name, when we cry out to Jesus, the tide of battle turns. And I'm here to tell you today that a tide is turning. There's a tide turning for you today. You know, I love what, what James 1.6 says. It's one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. The message version puts it like this. Ask boldly, believingly, and without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. And you know, the scripture goes on to say that that those who worry their prayers, they don't receive anything from God. Listen, God wants us to come before his throne bold, believingly, and faith, and filled with faith when we come before him. And you know, being faithful in prayer, it, it doesn't mean that we have to always know the right words to say, because sometimes we can get caught up in that. Well, I, I would pray, but I don't know what to say to God. I mean, I've messed up so many times. I've made so many mistakes, and, and I just know God is looking down on me, and I know he's disappointed. I, I don't know the right words to say. But listen, being faithful in prayer simply means that we are confident in God and his promises in every season. Every season. It means that we thank him in the good seasons, and we thank him in the difficult seasons. It means that we have gratitude in our hearts in the easy seasons, and it means we have gratitude in our heart in the hard seasons. I challenge you to you today is that when you talk to God, when you pray, pray bold, pray believingly, and pray with faith. That's what God's looking for in our prayers. He knows what you need. He knows what you need before you know what you need. We don't pray so that God can find out what we need. We pray so that God can see our faith. 
And you know what? That does something to the enemy, I think. I think when we pray to God, I think especially when we pray out loud and we declare God's promises and we declare that even though we're not where we want to be, God is going to take us to our destiny, that we are going to continue moving forward, that we're not going to be held back by fear, that we're not going to be held back by defeat. But no, when we walk with Jesus, when we pray to Jesus, when we pray confidently and full of faith, I think it puts the enemy to shame. So listen, when you pray and you're declaring the promises of God, you can look right back at the enemy when he whispers those lies of defeat, when he whispers those lies of doubt, when he whispers those lies of discouragement. You can look right back at him and you can remind him that the score has already been settled because Christ came and he died for you and he hears you when you cry out to him. Church, the tide of battle is turning. And when it turns, it can't be stopped. Maybe you're here today and you say, I just don't know if I'm in a place where I can pray those kind of prayers you're talking about, Tyler. I've prayed for so long, and it just feels like God has turned his back. It feels like he's abandoned me. It feels like he is no longer listening to me. And I'm going to invite some of our pastoral staff to come at this time. They're going to stand up here at the front. They're going to be uh, scattered around the auditorium. And here in a moment, the worship team's going to go ahead and come on out. And we're going to sing this song together. We're all going to stand. We're going to sing it out together. But I want to invite you, if you need prayer, I don't care what it's for. Maybe this week you got some bad news from the doctor. Maybe you, you have a disease, an incurable disease, and you need prayer. Maybe you, you're fighting an addiction. Maybe, maybe you and, and, and you've tried to have a baby for a long time and you're not able to. Whatever it is, maybe you have a broken heart in this place today. I'm going to invite you forward here in just a moment to receive prayer. And our team up here, listen, they're not praying just hoping that it all works out. They're praying, believing that God wants the best for you. They're standing here today in faith, believing that God can heal you, that God can restore you, that he loves you, that he sent his son for you. And we wanna pray with you today. And listen, I believe when we stand, when we have the courage to go up and receive prayer, listen, you have the intention of heaven right now. And I believe that, listen, I believe God's gonna answer some prayers today. I really do. I believe that things that we've prayed about for years and years and years that we never saw come to pass in 2015, I believe that God's going to answer now. So I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And when I do, I'm going to ask us all to stand and to respond. And I encourage you, come right up here to the front and join us for prayer. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus so that we could have this access, so that we could have this moment. And God, I pray right now for courage in this house, Father, that we would respond to your nudge, that we would respond to your calling, Father. And may we receive from you, God, what you have promised. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's stand, let's respond.